Bretto, the Brisbane Wellness Base Camp is done, but that doesn't mean it's all over because we're coming to Adelaide. Hey, Adelaide. We love Adelaide. The first Wellness Couch event in Adelaide and a very special announcement is that your mate, the great Damien Christoph, and my mate, 100 Not Out mate, is coming to join us. Oh, it's going to be a ripper. We twisted his arm, we forced him to come along, and he's great, Damo. He's always funny. Don't tell him I said that. But he's always a wealth of information as well, and people love him. He's just got a great way of getting the nutrition message across in a way that allows people to make real sustainable changes. You know, it wasn't that uh, you had to twist his arm. He had the FOMOs and not coming to Brisbane. So he's jumping (laughs) on the plane, coming over to Adelaide. It's Saturday, April 7. Two-for-one tickets are available with the code... I love Damo. That's 197 bucks for two tickets, less than 100 bucks per person. Saturday, April 7th in Adelaide. Damien Christoph, Kim Morrison, JP and Andy from Smashed Avocado, Brett Hill, myself. Saturday, April 7th, the Wellness Base Camp. Get your two for one tickets with the code I love Damo. Bretto, see you there. See you there. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to the Primal Alternative Podcast, featuring actionable tips from real people with real stories about real food. This show is presented by Primal Health Coach Helen Marshall, who empowers other paleo-loving, thermomix-owning mums to start a sustainable, faff-free business of their own with the Primalista License. The Primalista License brings primal alternatives to the foods we love to our communities, making primal living more doable with less falling off the wagon. The Primalista License is available at www.primalalternative.com. And now, introducing your host, Helen Marshall. Hello, wonderful podcast listener. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for tuning in. I really am so grateful that you're here. Now, before I get into my juicy, juicy, awesome, and very relaxing conversation with Lucia Lichtenstein, I just love that name. I love saying her name, Lucy Lichtenstein. Lucy's a fellow um, podcaster on The Wellness Couch, which is where all the best podcasts are, like this show. And we were introduced by Fuad Kassab, who's also a podcaster on The Wellness Couch, where all the best podcasts are. And he thought that Lucy and I might like each other because we're both into grain-free living, we're both into yoga, we're both into there being some kind of other deeper connection out there, wherever there might be. And we're both really into sisterhood and women's circles and the power of bringing, well, I'm not into women's circles per se, <laughs> Lucy is, um, about, but about the power of bringing women together because there's this thing called the contagion effect. So um, basically you are the sum of the, the five people you spend the most time with. So if you're hanging out with, it's a thing, a real thing, right? I learned it from Brendan Bouchard, um, and he's like dead clever. And um, he's he does like all the research, and I listen to the podcast, and then digest it and spit it out for you. But basically, basically, what happens is um, if you're hanging around with five women who, let's say, are overweight, depressed, and divorced, then the chances of you being overweight, depressed, and divorced. 
uh, increase. That's kind of scary, isn't it, right, when you think about it? So the, the, the point is that if you want to live an extraordinary life and if you want to really rock this human experience, then you need to put a message out there to the universe to invite in inspiring, high-vibing, healthy, successful, happy sisters that you can hang out with. Now, in this world of online technology, yes, I know Facebook can be um, a bit of a pain sometimes, but if you use it to your advantage for what you want, you can create incredible connections like the chat I've just had with Lucy, an amazing woman who I'd never have the chance to chat with normally, you know, like I'm in WA and she's in Sydney on the other side of this country. But yet we could feel each other's energy. We could talk, we could share wisdom. And, you know, it's just, it's just incredible. So I encourage you to go out and find your tribe and really put it out there that you want to hang out with other women because who are awesome, who can help you level up and really take your life to the next level. Now, my Set for Life program really is um, everything I do, whether it's Thrive, whether it's my Primal Lister Baking franchise, or whether it's Set for Life, it's all based on this contagion effect that when women are together, we can share our shit without judgment in a safe place. No one's going to rush in and say, they're there, it's going to be okay. You know, like we, it's okay to have shitty days and it's okay to share them, Okay. So we, we share that and we also celebrate success and we share our shine together and help to inspire others. And we work through with sisterhood and collaboration and inspiration to, to help each other be show up as the best version of ourselves. Now, my um, Set for Life program is starting, a live round is starting on March the 12th. And I'd love you to be part of it. It's an online course, so you can do it from wherever you want in the world, whatever time you want. It's delivered via email. So you get an email into your inbox every day. How easy is that? It tells you your menu plan for the day. So that's hundred and I think 126 meals that you don't have to think about. And it's really simple things, no fancy recipes, just simple family-friendly um, meals that can be whipped up easily and enjoyed and by everybody, which is kind of handy, right? And there's also like little tips for the day around, right, we're meditating, right, we're going for a walk. So we're working on making primal food and primal lifestyles non-negotiable, right? And to do that, we're going to examine your self-beliefs, like what what's in there in you that you've picked up? It might not even be your story. It might be stories that you've picked up from your social conditioning, around your uh, food, movement, mindset, and lifestyle. And we really examine that. And it's so important. Like, I just seriously didn't have the time. What are your values? Oh, God, who knows? Who's got time? What's for dinner? You know, that was more more important to me. And I remember when I was first asked these questions and I squirmed all weekend. It was the most uncomfortable feeling ever. But I worked it out. I worked out what my values were. I worked out what was important in my life. I worked out what my strengths were, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm not joking, two days later, the inspiration came to hold courses like this for women like you and to create my Prime Lister Baking franchise. So it's powerful work. It's powerful work. And it's easier to do with somebody guiding you through it in easy, bite-sized, 20-minute workshops. There's six workshops over the six weeks, so one a week on a Wednesday, easy peasy. 
And you're doing it alongside other women who are on the same self-exploration journey as you, which is, as you know, freaking incredible. So much more um, inspirational and contagious and um, transformative than just plodding it along through a self-help book on your own, right? Trust me, because I've ran two rounds of Set for Life now and the transformations are nothing short of incredible. It's just amazing. So the six workshops that we cover, the first one is planning. So it's really practical. How can we fit all of this in? Well, how the hell do we do that? Because I know most of us are racing around, tearing our hair out, feeling like we never get into the bottom of the to-do list, right? We're never finding time to, to rest. We feel like we've eaten into some of our resources because we feel like we're always running around on empty. Well, let's put that shit aside, right? And let's plan. It's how I run my life. And I wake up every morning, seriously, every morning full of energy and potential. And I go to bed every night thinking, far out. I'm feeling pretty fulfilled. That was an incredible day. But didn't used to always be like that. I was literally running around like a headless chuck, overwhelmed with the laundry, overwhelmed with what the hell is going to cook for dinner. And that's just the thing of the past, thanks to some of the special tips that I share in the planning episode of Set for Life. The next thing we look at is permission. It's a biggie. Who on earth are you to lie down and meditate? Shouldn't you be cleaning the toilet? Let's look at those beliefs because really that ain't serving anyone. <laughs> okay. The next thing we look at is positivity. How can we cultivate more positivity in your life? Because Getting what you want in the world comes from cultivating the energy for, for what it is that you want. So cultivating that attitude of gratitude is so important. So how can we do that? And how can we make that work in your life? We look at projection. How do you want your life to look? Let's be serious about it. Let's work that out. Let's take 20 minutes out of your entire life to work that out. We're also going to talk about power. What gives you power and makes you resilient and what drains you? And how can we cut out that stuff that drains you because ain't nobody got time for that sister girlfriend. And the final thing that we look at is passion. So a bit like when I did this myself and then boom, I got my inspiration to launch my baking franchise. Don't die with the music in you. What's your passion? And by now, it's the last one because it takes six weeks to shut up your mean girl, shut up that ego that you all know what we're talking about, that one that keeps you safe and small. And I'm going to explain to you why that's completely normal and is so freaking primal. It's the most primal thing ever. Ego is there for a purpose. It's not a bad thing, but we just need to realize that in the context of this modern world, our primal survival instinct to protect ourselves and stay safe, it doesn't, it doesn't matter in today's world, but I'm going to show you how. So Set for Life starts Monday the 12th. I would love you to join me for it. So please head to primalalternative.com forward slash set for life. Find out more about it. There's a sign up there, but make sure you get in there before Monday. Oh, might I also add Set for Life is a is a on-demand course. So if you don't make it to this live event or you're listening to this in June and thinking, oh shit, I've missed it, don't worry because you can start anytime. There's still the group there with the women in it who've done the journey and I'll be there too. So there you go. Wow, how exciting, how lucky I am to be able to bring these um, courses to you. Seriously, it whew, it's, um, makes me feel so alive. It's something, you know, 
with my history as a personal trainer and gym instructor and supporting women in a, from a recruitment point of view uh, for 10 years. And that really culminates all of my, you know, all my background was leading me to, to do what I do now. And it's um, a really, wow, really, really inspiring um, job in inverted commas to have very, I love it, love it, love it, love it. Um, so come and experience it for yourself. Oh, okay, let's get on with the show. Welcome to the show, Lucy. I'm so glad to have you with us today. Thanks, Helen, for having me. Thank you so much. I'm super excited to be here. It's very cool. Now, we're really lucky that uh, Fuad Kassab from Quirky Cooking, who he um, he refers to you as his Aussie sister, which is something to <laughs> yeah. be quite proud about. Um, really lucky that Fuad has put you and I in touch because he saw a lot of similarity in our message and our energy and our vibe. And as soon as he's put us in touch, we're like, oh, my God, we, we just already feel like we've known each other 100 years, even though this is our first ever conversation. So it's it's really exciting for me to actually, um, you know, to be asking the questions that I would, um, I'm like literally dying to find out about you anyway. So yeah, let's di- <laughs> let's dive straight in. Can't wait to, to find out more about Lucy Lichtenstein, which is an incredible name. So let's start there. Where's where's that name from? What it, what's your what's your roots? Yeah, thank you for that, and thank you for pronouncing it so well. Uh, there's many different um, versions of of pronunciation for that that I've heard over the years. So. Uh, the name actually, there's a country in Europe called Liechtenstein, and uh, it comes from, I think it's maybe as far back as grandfather or great-grandfather, and it's actually an interesting story. It wasn't our original family name. So my father, oh, sorry, my great-grandfather, let's say, uh, had a, a Polish name called Uso, U-S-O-W, and it was around the time of uh, Nazi Germany and all of this. And he made the decision that it would be safer to change his surname to a German surname, a German-sounding surname. And I'm not exactly sure why or where Liechtenstein came from in terms of that, but that's where that came from. And so then it's, yeah, it's been brought all the way down to myself and and my my younger brother as well so yeah it's um it's interesting because earlier on in my life I always thought when I grew up uh, you no know, to be a bit older was to maybe change my name because it was so hard for people to pronounce but actually now as I am today I I actually quite like it it's distinctive it's memorable and it's just it's unique I suppose and it's interesting so yeah, that's where Liechtenstein came from. I love it. I love it. Tell me about some of the um, the uh, different pronunciations that you've had. Because how could you get Liechtenstein wrong? I don't know. Maybe that's just because I've got a European background. But what 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 other variations could you possibly have? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, there's Liechtenstein. Oh, so yeah. I suppose maybe in Australia that's more commonly said as Liechtenstein or Liechtenstein. <laughs> some people, I, I'm not sure how. Um, this comes about, but Liechtenstein, I've heard many times. I actually heard it the other day. I can't remember where I was. Someone said it. I was like, oh, I haven't heard that in a while. But, 
yeah, I, I think it, it's just kind of a variation of any of those. Love it. I love it. Lucy Lichtenstein. And I always think that when there's names that have got um, the, the, the same starting letter, I don't know, there's, always, there's something a little bit showbiz. A bit pizzazz about it. <laughs> LL. Yeah, yeah. Lucy yeah. Lichtenstein. Like LL Cool J or something. LL Cool J. Yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> that is exactly right. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Okay. Boo would be happy. He would he'd probably rela- um, love a, a joke like that. He's really good at dad jokes and silly <laughs> jokes that aren't really that funny, but you kind of have to laugh because they're so silly. And he's a bit of a dad. So, yeah, I guess maybe that one was for Foo. Yeah, there you go, Foo. That one's for you, Foo. So, Lucy, tell us, as I always like to find out, what did you have for breakfast? I love this question, Helen. So, (laughs) today I actually did not have breakfast. So, for me, what I like to do is, and it's not something that I do every day, it's just really going on intuitively how I feel is... Sometimes I might fast um, for breakfast or even for dinner or for lunch. It just really depends on the day and how I'm feeling and what's going on in my day and and so many other things. So I I actually skip breakfast, but I can tell you what I had for lunch if you like. Yes, please. Like a late breakfast maybe? Mm -hmm. A brunch. So I went to a cafe with a couple of friends actually today and – in Sydney and it was a whole food place and I had uh, to drink. I had a cherry kombucha, which was lovely. Mm. And then I also had, uh, it was like a make your own plate type of deal. So it was some pasture raised ham from actually source it from a really good quality. Uh, I don't know if they're a butcher or a, don't know what the word is for that. They source really good quality meat, so feather and bone over here. And then uh, also had some mixed vegetables, some gluten-free bread with some delicious grass-fed butter. And, yeah, that's that's all. That's what I had. That it was sounds beautiful. delicious. You sound like you've got some really cool cafes where you are, if you can get amazing food like that. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's funny – Maybe a few years ago or I don't know, maybe five years ago or something, you know, there's few and far between. I mean, there's bits here and there, but there seems to be cafes and and these types of whole food places just popping up all over the place. It's really great to see there's so many options and and I feel that this is where we are headed in terms of health is, is, I mean, it is the foundation, you know, what we put into our body. So it's really nice to see uh, that we have so many options these days. I think that's absolutely right. And I also think that especially the trend in the States at the moment, which is inevitable um, that Australia tre- tends to follow follow suit, is that most people just do not want to um, prepare food at home um, and are actually eating out for like, the majority of, of uh, the majority of their the time that they're eating, and, and even some houses are being built without kitchens, which just seems like incredibly weird when you know we live in the middle of nowhere and cook everything from scratch. But it's it's great that we've got that convenience. Yeah, I can, I totally agree with you. It's great, you know, like you went there with a couple of friends. You had that beautiful real life connection. You got to eat nourishing food. I, I just think it's it's it sounds like a positive way forward if we can get really good whole foods um, when we're out as well and convenient. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think the positive way forward is like what we were talking about before we got on the the call here is to go backwards, (laughs) you know, to go back to where we came from when it comes to food, when it comes to community, when it comes to the environment that we live in, when it comes to spending time out in nature and and when it comes to also maybe how we we see ourselves because I I like to talk a lot about how we are actually nature. Mm. We're not separate from it. And when I look at that through that lens, it just reminds me of who I am and perhaps what it means to be a healthy human and how do we actually do this? How do we how how do we how are we able to express health in the environment that we were desi- designed to live in? Mm. So that's been my that's been my journey for quite a number of years now and it's a it's a never ending journey. I think it's part of just what life is all about. Yeah, like that's what I say too, like a work in progress. You never you never get there. There's no destination when it comes to your health. It's something that you need to show up um to every single day and make the right, you know, positive, healthy choices every day. You know, it's not just a, a three-week course or a, you know what I mean, crash diet to get into the bikini or whatever. Like that's just so the old paradigm that has not served us. So let's find out, you know, you, you this is where your journey is now, but how did you get to be where you are now, Lucy? What's your story behind um, really getting in tune with what your passion is and what your message is? Yeah, wow, it is such a an incredible journey and it's had lots of uh, twists and turns and changes in direction and ups and downs and and so many amazing things. So I'll, I'm going to do a bit of a, a rewind and then I might do a bit of a fast forward as we go as well. Okay. So I'll take you back to it's around 2009, I want to say. 2009 and I was I was in London and I've got a British passport so I've spent a bit of time over here and then over there and and living around different parts and so I was living in London and I'd done a fair bit of traveling and I was at a point where I didn't really want to come home to Sydney uh, but I also didn't really know what I was doing in my life I was in I can't remember how old I was somewhere in my 20s and uh, I saw this this ad on um, a website called Gumtree that w- that said, "Do you want to do social work and go to Africa?" And for me, that really spoke to me because, uh, for a few reasons, I was working in with people. I've been working with people for a really long time, and I was doing some social type work. And also, I've had this deep connection to Africa ever since I was a child. And I've actually got some South African on my father's side, so there's there's a lot of that going on. And I thought, you know, this sounds really really interesting. And what it involved was spending six months in Denmark because it was actually a Danish organization that was this project and then you could spend another six months in a southern African country and so in this case it was either Mozambique or Malawi and I thought wow this sounds really incredible I don't want to go back home yet I think that maybe I'd like to explore what this is all about and I thought it for about it for a while and 
then I said, you know what, I'm just going to do it. I, I'm not going to go home yet and, and this sounds too amazing to pass up the opportunity. So, I basically, I, I did that. I, I traveled over to, to Denmark and uh, was situated in, so it wasn't in Copenhagen. It was like a smaller country town in the middle of nowhere basically and I was living within a, a school and living with uh, also, sorry, helping socially troubled teenagers with their schoolwork. And um, and then in the outside of school times, we would prepare for our project in Africa. So we would do different project work and activities and, and then we had free time. And there was a lot of different travelers, people from so many different countries throughout Europe, Hungary, Germany, Spain. There was from the UK, maybe a couple of Australians as well. And so there were, I spent six months there and then the, the next six months was in Malawi. So I decided to go Malawi to those various different projects. Uh, and the one that I chose was a teacher training college. And uh, was yeah basically there was it involved community work working with different teacher trainees over there I was working with HIV support groups in in the community as well and teaching them a little bit about nutrition which I actually probably have to own up and say I was teaching them and how to make soy milk <laughs> and I really um, I would not do that again now because I know that it's not a good thing but back then many years ago I thought that that was the, the healthy option so that that was interesting for me but anyway during this time as I was in Malawi we also had a lot of free time to ourselves and so to I would often reflect on my experiences and life and maybe what I might like to do next. And, and what I came to, and this was like a really big turning point for me, was that I, I started to realize that what I saw in what the children and even what we were eating over in Denmark and then what I also saw in Malawi in terms of the nutrition, it really it really bothered me and it's very different obviously depending on which area that you are. So in Denmark in the school that we were living with, there were lots of cakes and pastries and bread products and the kids were drinking Coca-Cola and having cigarettes for breakfast and just all this kind of stuff. And then in Malawi, uh, a lot of the people, the local people over there, especially in the more rural areas, they have their own beautiful gardens and they would tend to them. And uh, it, there was definitely a lot of like fruits and vegetables. And depending on where you were, there were some maybe a bit of meat and fish, but not always. I mean, obviously that that's all great. But then what I did also see was uh, companies like Coca Cola somehow they seem to get their way into like the most remote parts of the world and mm. and different uh, processed food companies and, and food products. So you'd see that in um, certain parts and you'd see some of the local people, they would sell their beautiful fruits and vegetables at the local markets, but then they would use some of that money to go and buy some of these processed foods and the sugar and the Coca-Cola and so having that direct experience and sort of contrasting between the two places I was in, I really was just like, wow, this is really actually super important. It was just highlighting to me how important it is to look at what we're eating, 
and how much it actually affected me to see all of this. And something in me, once I realized this, was really, really ignited. And I was like, maybe I, I'd like to look further into this. Maybe after I leave here, I could go and study nutrition. And I sat on that idea for a while and I thought, you know what, maybe what I can do is look up some kind of college in Sydney for, for when I leave. And that's exactly what I did. And so I actually, I went back to Sydney and I started studying nutritional medicine. And I, I actually did it for two years but and I didn't finish the course. But what happened was during the same time as I was studying at college, I was also, I discovered the medium of podcasts. <laughs> so at the same time, I was also listening to podcasts. And some of the information that I was hearing, for example, you'll resonate with this, Helen, I was hearing uh, people like Mark Sisson and Rob Wolf, <clears throat> Lauren Cordain, and these sort of, you know, big primal paleo people that really kind of started this movement or raise the awareness around all of this, just getting back to real whole foods and cutting out a lot of the, the processed garbage that doesn't do us well. Um, and I was like, okay. Uh, and actually it was interesting because the Wellness Guys was one of the first podcasts I was listening to and that's where I heard all these people being interviewed. And it was interesting because it really made so much sense to me and it made me question what I was learning in college. Yeah, because what you'd made be me learning question, on, on, you know, Rob's and Mark's podcast and uh, the Wellness Guys would be the opposite of what you were learning on your course, right? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, there was definitely a lot of good <laughs> good stuff in the course um, because it wasn't like a nutrition and dietetics. It was more like a uh, an alternative college. Uh, so there, there was a lot of good stuff, but there were things like – uh, I think they were talking about whole grains and things like that, and I was like, oh, "I don't, I don't know. This doesn't. Uh, I'm not really sure here because I'm getting two different pieces of information." And I actually remember, I think it was episode number two of the Wellness Guys, and they were actually debunking the food pyramid. And I remember them talking, you know, going through all of it and just breaking it down. And at the end of the show, they hadn't mentioned anything about whole grains. And I was like, and I thought that like whole grains were good. I thought that grains were good and all this kind of stuff. And I even went as far as to email them and I actually got a response from Damien saying that, uh, you know, it really depends on the types of grains that you're talking about. Some are, are not too bad, but in general, like they're not an essential part of our diet. And this really just, it's like challenged my thinking and then I just decided to, after I was hearing all these paleo and primal people, just give it a go because it really made a lot of sense to me. So up until now, and you, you were eating the standard Western diet of healthy healthy whole grains and in inverted commas and a low-fat diet. That's what you were doing up until this point, right? Absolutely, yeah. Low-fat this, healthy whole grain that, yeah, absolutely. And how did you uh, feel? The... the <sighs> Well, this this is the thing. So so not great, but then I I guess oh well you know what it's hard to say because at the time you don't know until you maybe experience another way of being to then realize wow I don't realize I didn't realize how great I could feel. 
So up until that point, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> so up until that point, for 28 years of my life, I had asthma. And I always thought that it would be something that I'd have to manage with medication and it'd just be something maybe that I'd, in inverted commas, grow out of perhaps one day, but who knows. And within a week of changing the way that I ate, actually probably less than a week, the asthma just completely went like it and it hasn't come back since. Oh, that's incredible. And, and do, do yeah. you, can you put that down to one food group? Is it would, would it be dairy? That's usually one that's quite associated with respiratory um, issues. Or do you think it was just the whole combination of the different inflammatory foods that you'd quit? Yeah, I suspect it was a combination. However, I've, I really notice the difference when gluten is out of my diet which, I mean, it still is today, but there are definitely times where every now and then I accidentally get gluten. But I, I feel it was gluten for sure and maybe a little bit of processed sugar and dairy. But I think just the, the power of taking that all out and then replacing that with nourishing whole fruits and vegetables, you know, really good quality meats and healthy fats and those types of things just really... It's like my, my body was just thanking me for it and it just felt so good and I was amazed that my asthma was gone because, you know, there's there's many people out there that are, that are managing that and maybe not even realizing that it could just be simply what you're eating. Yes, yes, and you do, people do believe, oh, I've got asthma, that's it, <laughs> that's my lot, that's something like you said, you thought you were going to have to... Um, have for the rest of your life hopefully you might grow out of it but you were going to be on medication and then boom within a week of changing what you ate it it completely disappeared i just find that freaking incredible yeah it's food is medicine right food is our life force and uh, if that's yeah that's the direct experience that i had that just really it, it was it just showed me the power of that and it really also was an instigator for sending me down this rabbit hole of, of health and nutrition for, well, it's been about seven years now and it's definitely changed over the years but after I, for a while I was eating this way and I was like, okay, I think I've got the food thing down. I think I'm good. What else is there? Like this is what, Actually, I just wanted to say something on this is that I see paleo and primal out there today and, yeah, it's it's definitely becoming more recognized and, uh, and all of this. Uh, but I feel like there's still that misconception out there depending on uh, who you speak to, what you're reading, like the media and all of that, that it's just like this fad diet or it's this thing that Pete Evans does that's really crazy. <laughs> but for me, it... It was and still is part of an underpinning philosophy that really helped me to just question everything about this human experience, question, unlearn, relearn, uh, and really just open me up to this whole new way of seeing the world and living and, you know, asking like, 
okay, well, if we've got the food side of things backwards, then what else could be backwards as well? And that's when I really started to dive down, okay, what about movement? How are we designed to move as humans? And what kind of environment were we designed to live in? And what about sleep? What's the most optimal way to sleep as a human? You know, do we... Are we staying up all hours of the night or are we designed to live in alignment with the cycles of the sun and the moon and the light and the dark and, you know, our circadian rhythms? I mean, there's so much and, um, you know, understanding the benefits of sunshine and being out in nature and then, you know, these chemicals in the environment that are on the scale of how long we've been here as a species have, have not been in our environment for very long. Um, and what does that do to our health when we have these, these things that are introduced? Um, you know, we could go on and on down that path as well. There's so many just changes in the modern life that, of course, are amazing. I mean, we wouldn't be able to be having this conversation right now. Uh, without some of these advancements. But it's it's interesting to just be able to, to see the bigger picture of it all and just ch- make the, the best choices that we can in a modern context. Absolutely. And, you know, you, you're absolutely speaking my language, as, as you know. We are kindred sisters across the, across the Aussie miles. <laughs> yes. and, and you're right. Like, I think this yes. is the best time to be a woman because... Uh, because of the technology, because of the fact that we can just say things like, I'm going to have a radio show and start our own podcast, you know, have our own TV channel on YouTube. We can just create anything we want to. We don't have to have the permission of, you know, some boss in some corporation to get what we want. We really can follow our heart and follow our bliss. And what I'd really like to find out um, from you, Lucy, is how does all of those other things, like I love what you said, you know, if we've got the food thing backwards, what else do we have backwards? And you mentioned things like sleep and stress and movement. How does that look in your life? Can you share some of your routines or rituals or non-negotiables that you need um, to make sure that you are having, you know, that you're rocking the human experience? <laughs> Absolutely. I'd love to. So, Oh, wow. I, I mean, because I've do, been doing this for a while, I, I feel like a lot of this is just an integrated part of my life. But uh, in terms of movement, it's walking for sure, especially out in nature, because that's that's our true home. That's where we came from. And, and the closer that we can be and the more connected we can be to to this aspect is is really, really important. And I really feel the the physiological and the emotional and the spiritual benefits of that for sure. Uh, And so also there was a time where I was doing some functional fitness and what I quite like to do for me is just I sometimes I'll I'll do things and then I might just find I like to try other things and just really do things that are intuitive. So I was doing some functional fitness for a while and that really looked like uh, things like squats and deadlifting and those types of things at the gym, but then that also turned into a more of an outdoor uh, environmental um, way of uh, or an outdoor activity. Uh, so I would basically take that outdoors and uh, maybe do some sprints and – um, I still probably once a week, yeah, we'll do some sprints just across the road. I live right across the road from the beach, so I'm super grateful for that. So I'll do that. 
bushwalking for sure. I'm a yoga teacher as well. And that's something actually, it's probably only been in the last year for me that yoga has been a big part of my life. Uh, and that's just something that is goes beyond the physical for me. Um, it's also a very great way to get to know myself in many ways. Uh, and just doing things that are fun as well. Like if we're still sticking on the movement path, I go stand up paddle boarding. I feel that sometimes even if it's not necessarily a completely functional thing, if we're getting enjoyment out of if we're loving what we're doing, that's actually a really important factor as well. So I like to do things that I that I really enjoy doing when it comes to movement and, and life in general. Uh, another aspect of health and lifestyle for me, and it's maybe one of the most important, probably is the most important, is community and tribe. And I know that we can go deeper on this um, at some point today, if you like, but I, especially in the last couple of years, this community and tribe and being together has been a really, really big part of my life. And I've really felt the physical and emotional and spiritual and mental and, and all of it, all the benefits. It really is a key part of, of health and wellness from my experience. So that's a, definitely a, a non-negotiable. Uh, sleep is another one. I, once I started delving into these other aspects many years ago, I realized that, yes, yeah, sleep is just as important as what we're putting in our bodies. It's just as important as movement. It's, we were designed to sleep because we, we were awake for, for so long as well and we need a way to be able to repair and, and rest. So sleep, I am generally in bed if I'm not out at, at about 9 o'clock, 9.30 maybe. Uh, and, that, and I've had some challenges with sleep over the years, so I, I even make sure that I protect that uh, more so just because of, of the challenges. Uh, so, yeah, sleep's definitely non-negotiable. <clears throat> what else have we got on the well to think you know of what the, listening to you yeah. right and I, when i've listened tuned into your podcasts as well um lucy is that you you sound so relaxed you know it's just like i don't know if that is that just you your <laughs> nature because you just i'm like i feel so relaxed just hanging out with you you know is it is do you do things <laughs> yeah like, is, do you practice deep breathing Stress, or meditation yeah. or do you have any um you know any any little tricks like that that, that make you just sound so chilled <laughs> can we have some <laughs> I, I yeah i <laughs> i do meditate that's definitely something that i do do and and i love that uh and it's it's funny that you say that i mean i get this all the time uh, it is in my nature i feel i just have this calm and peaceful nature and and i quite often get comments about the earthiness and the groundedness of me. Uh, I'm not always grounded. I, I, I'll, I'll definitely say that. But I think, yeah, that is my my nature. Uh, so meditation definitely and that definitely helps with, with that grounding and with that de-stressing and just really with that slowing down. And actually something else, else that just came to mind was uh, in terms of all of this is I practice yin yoga. 
Mm. And yin is a really restorative type yoga and it's a really good and I actually taught a class last night which which was great and it was my first one. I, I loved it. And it's really a great place to just slow down to some people that go to yin. It might be the only hour in their day that they get to actually just stop and just be. And it's a really great place to to calm and de-stress and just maybe even see how how crazy our minds can be and how these there might be random thoughts running around and thinking about like the business or uh, what you're going to have for dinner or what you've got to do for how, what the shopping is going to be like and, and all of this stuff. So that's definitely something that I, I practice as well. And yeah, it's it's super beneficial. Have you tried? I know that you're you're into yoga as well, Helen. Have you been to a yin class? Have you practiced yin yoga before? I haven't um, been to a yin class, but I think yin yoga is just a, a Sanskrit way of saying yummy yoga because um, my, <laughs> my friends that go maybe to it, it might be <laughs> my my friends that go to it they they like swear by it. Um, one of my really good friends. Um, you know, it, she can just lie on her back and get to yin yoga and the tears just stream down her face from relief from just being able to have that time to yeah. let go of the list, like you're saying, you know, the business, the shopping and all those kind of things. And, and, yeah. and, you know, like I'm, I'm with you like, and it's funny actually, because only just now, thanks to Adrienne, yoga with Adrienne's my new favorite thing, but up until, you know, <laughs> I, I've been a chronic cardio head for all my life. I was a gym instructor. You know, ten five to ten classes a week kind of girl, and and so to move on to yoga for me it was like well, I have to do like kind of power yoga, and it's only and 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 it's only really in and I've done yoga for like over a decade, right? And I've even partially qualified as a teacher, and it's only really now that I'm really getting that um, aspect of discovering yourself on the mat and being able to sit with those feelings that come up that you're like, I actually don't like this and I want to fidget and I want to get out of this position. But it's actually that's what you're there for, isn't it, to yes feel all these things. And I get like I'm a, you know, you, our lives sound um, very similar except you're a lot, you sound much calmer than me. I'm a lot more of a blah, 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 blah kind of person and <laughs> you're much more relaxed. But, it's okay, um, it's the yin and the yang. Exactly. <laughs> Perfect match. But, <laughs> but I hear a lot from, from women that, you know, like, I'd love to lie down and meditate, but there's all of these things to do. And uh, I feel guilty meditating. I should be cleaning the toilet or emptying that cupboard. Um, and that's a very a common response. So what, what do you say to women who have these objections around meditation and yoga and finding that time to, well, basically reflect, isn't it, and reset Yeah, there's uh, there's so many things there. I mean, for me, I'm definitely no expert in meditation. It's something that's been a practice over a few years, but I'm not always consistent. So I'll just, I'll say that to begin with. What I would say is I think that it's very easy to get caught up in the busyness and the go, go, go of modern life, doing, doing, doing and looking for the next thing or just having so many things to do. But maybe also just realizing that our natural state as humans for a lot of the time is to to be, to just, to just be. We need that time to just be instead of 
do, do, do. And um, it's not to say drop everything and then just sit and meditate on a mountain or something, but it's more just like that time that we can carve for ourselves, even if it's just five minutes to, to take some breaths and to maybe just close our eyes and, and sit in s- silence and stillness is so valuable. I mean, we it's it's really a gift that we can give ourselves. It's it's you know this this life is it's incredible but it can also sort of leave us in this fight or flight mode for most of the day and that's over the long term can potentially be damaging to our health. So I would say that even if it's just five minutes to just sit with yourself and you will really notice the benefits. I think it's, it's like worth asking how much, how much do we actually take the time out for ourselves and check in to see how we're feeling. I was in the yoga class last night that I was teaching. It was all about presence. That was a theme. And I was talking about how, Presence is the most precious gift we can give each other and it, and I feel as though it's almost the most precious gift we can give ourselves. And when we, the more present that we are and the more space that we can create to be present, the more enjoyable life will be and the more that we have time and space to appreciate the smaller things, the more simple things in life, the, the, the more time we have to be there for each other. And slowing down and, and using a tool such as meditation is a really great way to bring ourselves back into presence. And sometimes it can it can be a space that shows us just how not present we can be sometimes. Like I know that sometimes I'll sit there and... I'll have all these thoughts running through my head and, you know, I'll be thinking about the day or something that happened or what I've got to do next. And the thing is, it's not about not having thoughts. It's more about just noticing that they're there and just allowing them to be as they are. And then you, you do that, you, you build that up. And, and actually, I know for me, I've definitely noticed the benefits of just doing that, even if it's just five minutes a day for a few times a week even to begin with, even if it's not every day. Mm. Absolutely. And sometimes, yeah, sometimes and when you're starting out, it, like I remember like doing meditation, you know, knowing it was good for me, doing it, bit of a chore. Um, but once you get into, you know, the ben- the benefits of it, it's something that like I crave. Like I, it's for me it's a non-negotiable. It's as soon as I eat my lunch, I go down and lie down and meditate for 20 minutes every day there'll be a couple of days maybe the weekend if we're out and about where I'll miss it but and I just find that when I meditate I can beforehand I can be thinking oh my god I've got so much to do but this I haven't even got time to meditate but I know for a fact if I go and meditate when I come out of meditation I'll be so much more present which means I'll get so I'll be so much more productive and so much more of a better mum when the kids come back from school and a much more present wife when the husband comes back from work you know and just enjoy life more instead of just hurtling through it like it's an emergency 
uh, and you know the never-ending list of things to do you know it's just like it's just two different ways to experience your reality isn't it really absolutely it is and I would also just add that With meditation, I know definitely when I first started out um, several years ago, I was kind of like I would sit there and I'd be like, Is this it? Nothing really happening. (laughs) (laughs) Am I just supposed to sit here and like, you know? And that was, I realized after a while, that was my ego, you know, that was just the monkey mind just needing to do something or be entertained or be distracted. But that's actually different defeats the purpose of it exactly exactly yeah it's um i'm just yeah go ahead i'm just looking at the time right and oh my god we haven't even like skimmed the surface of the things i wanted to talk to you about today so we have to like get you back on the show again but the one thing i really wanted to talk to you about today was women's circles I know that you are a women's circle facilitator as well as being a yoga teacher and a podcaster and an amazing all-round person. But tell us about why women want to come together in circle and and why it's, you know, like you said at the very beginning of our chat, you know, you know, about we're learning to go backwards to get to the to, to the best way to live our lives. Why why are women's circles so important? Yeah, this is one of my favorite areas to talk about. So, I mean, there's many things here. And what I'll say is being part of a community and being together, this is from from my experience, but also observation and learning and exploring is that we are tribal beings. It's actually a, a part of our nature and it's a requirement for wellness and we see how that can play out in our world when there's lack of this, when, when maybe we're isolated or uh, we, we, we're alone or wh- whatever the case may be, we just don't have the connection to something that's bigger than ourselves. And we have these concepts in society that express all of that, such as loneliness, or lack of belonging, sense of belonging, uh, feeling that like we need to be a lone wolf, um, so many other things like that. And yeah, as as part of our nature, I mean, communities and women in in general, or, or women specifically, sorry, have been gathering together in circles, in groups, in tribes for a really long time. And it's it's always just been part of our lives as humans to to be together in this way. With women, and we come together, and it's about sharing wisdom and stories, and being that support network for each other, and connecting, and co-creating, and really just nurturing and it's it's a really nourishing experience to be together because connection is something that as humans in general is is hardwired in us and we were designed to connect and co-create and 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 to to sit in circle and and 
express that part of our nature. So what's so what's different and, about coming together? Sorry, Lucy. What's different about coming together in circle compared to you know going out for breakfast or you know uh, going out for a few drinks at a bar? What's why is that? Why is it a different kind of connection? Yeah, so different and. <laughs> No, all all of these types of connections are great. Um, Yeah, so I can just give you an example of how it is in in my circle and even the circles that I've attended. So it really is that safe space where there's, there's a focused and common reason why we're there. And... We, we share and we do different activities and there's many women that I've come across that perhaps share things within that circle space because it is so safe and it, it's non-judgmental and it's not about giving advice or, you know, telling others what our opinions are. It's really about that space where women can sit together, they can be seen, they can be heard, they can be felt and they can express without judgment knowing that anything that they choose to share within that sa- space won't leave that circle space and and it's just really this this safe environment where each woman that comes is free to be themselves and I think that's the most important thing and to be a part of a larger community. And so these other types of social uh, connections and and ways to be together are beautiful as well I think that like having all of these things is is great um, it's good to mix it up and, but I also feel that just there's something really powerful and magical and beautiful that happens when we actually sit together in a circle in a focused and attentive way and just allow each other to be mm. I know from my experience of um, sitting in circle the thing I like the most about it is just that the non-judgmental and the non-advice giving. So, you know, someone can share a story. There can be, you know, tears going down their face, let's say, and nobody feels the need to rush over with tissues and go, there, there, never mind, never mind. And it allows the woman to um, move through the emotions that she's feeling, which oftentimes doing things like yoga and meditation or tapping or any kind of other um, work that we do on ourselves, really that what we're doing is feeling the emotions that, that, that are there instead of just pushing them down and moving on. And that's one of the things that I particularly like about circles. There's just none of that need to make it better. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it's not It's not about fixing. It's really about holding the space for each other to be able to go through these emotional processes that you're talking about. Absolutely. And I think, uh, it, I mean, it's definitely something that I learned so much about with women's circles, with teaching yoga is this this idea of holding space because it's less about you and more about the person that's that you're sitting there and holding space for. And really it can be so much, well, it is more empowering because we each have the capacity and the ability to be able to move through our own emotions without someone else telling us their opinion or telling us what 
they can see that maybe we can't. And look, sometimes that can be helpful for sure. But I think, yeah, there's so much power in just being a witness there for, for someone to go through their own process and to – it's empowering, yeah. And it's uh, it's it's really beautiful as well. And to be able to hold space for someone and then to be able to – for them to do the same for you, it's a really beautiful exchange of support and, and connection and safety and yeah i just i love it i think it's it's incredible mm, it's it's very very powerful so if somebody wanted to experience one of your circles where do we go how do we find out about them yeah so you can find everything on my website uh, the actual link for women's circles is www.reconnected.me so instead of .com it's .me and then forward slash women's with an s dash circle and all the in excuse me all the information is up there uh, it's a monthly circle in the south of sydney and miranda so it's the first wednesday of every month and you can book on online on my website there's also a facebook event it's the reconnected.me women's circle with sound healing experience so we also have a beautiful friend of mine that's a sound healer that joins me for that circle and it's just yeah it's it's incredible so yeah if, if you're a woman in sydney especially within the sutherland shire but of course anywhere I'd absolutely love to see you there or even if you just wanted to find out more about it or wanted to connect and find out uh, about women's circles in general or maybe if there's one in another area that's easy for you to get to i'm happy to to help in any way i can that's awesome and and if we're like not in sydney like me for example on the other side of australia um you obviously we can get more lucy in your podcast which is on the wellness couch which is where all the best podcasts are uh, <laughs> yes. reconnected me is your podcast and i've listened to some of your episodes and you really dive into some amazing um deeper conversations about the human experience don't you it's not just about um women's circles or yoga it's about the whole it's so multifaceted isn't it that the whole experience yeah, I, I feel it's, uh, well, I feel grateful, but I feel it's also really important to have this big picture view on life as a human and, and beyond that because there, it's not just one thing or a few things. There's so much that goes into it. So that's why I like to just get, I, I'm quite curious as well, and so I like to just get different people to, to come on and talk about different subjects. And I guess it's also an expression of my own personal journey and experience of just uh, realizing that, yeah, there's so much to, to learn and so much to dive into. Um, so, yeah, um, feel free to, to check out the podcast as well. And I'll be having you on in a couple of weeks, which will be really exciting too. Yes, it'll be good to, to have another another chat with you and um, share my story with you. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Now, before we wrap up, and seriously, we have just scratched the surface, but I'm very mindful <laughs> to, to not keep my podcasts too too long. But are there any other ways that, you know, we can reach out, we can work with you? Do you do any consults? on Skype any other other ways that we can work with you Lucy I don't 
consult on Skype. My main offerings are women's circles. I'm also a yoga teacher and I will be doing some different workshops later in the year, mostly based around the, the southern area of Sydney, like the Sutherland Shire. Um, you can definitely find out everything that I'm doing on my website, so reconnected.me uh, and and maybe follow me on Instagram and Facebook. I'm also at reconnected.me because everything that I am exploring and that I'm doing and that I'm offering, I'll always be putting up information up there and updates and things like that. Uh, so, yeah, definitely watch this space because there's, there's definitely going to be a lot of different offerings I feel that are unfolding throughout this year. Well, I will so be stay watching. Tuned. I'll be staying tuned <laughs> and I hope the listeners will be too. And uh, we'll wrap up there, Lucy. It's been an absolute honour and a privilege and wonderful to connect with you today. Thank you, Helen. I feel exactly the same way. Uh, I feel like I could talk to you for hours upon hours. Time has <laughs> you know, flown. <laughs> and maybe we'll get to it at some point. Yeah. Hope so. Thank you so much for, for what you do as well. Thank you, Lucy. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.